Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. I'm going to give you a moment uh, to practice some... Silence and solitude, even though that'll probably be difficult with the wedding back here. <laughs> but um, if you could bow your heads with me to listen to your own heart and listen to the heart of God. And in a moment, we're just going to exhale, practice the rule of life. Let's exhale. Just all the ruminating, automatic thoughts that are weighing on our hearts and our minds this season. Let it all before the feet of the Lord. And inhale the promise of the transcending presence of God that when we supplicate our anxieties to Him, He will give us transcending peace. All God's people pray. Amen. Well, welcome, guys, to the first day in the sun, the summer kickoff. We have the seasons of days in the sun this summer, five of them. The days in the suns are designed as applications for people to come where where they ever might be in their faith journey, whether close, somewhere in between, or far. How many people here have a summer reading list? Raise your hand if you have a summer reading list. You're, you're a big reader. For me, I have a summer reading list, and I'm going back to a book that I started two years ago called Dominion by Tom Holland. Not the Marvel Tom Holland, but the Oxford Tom Holland, historian. Tom Holland, the historian, actually says in his tombstone in the UK, it's going to write Tom Holland of Oxford, not Marvel because he doesn't want you guys to confuse them because they're both British. But I want to go back. I'm going back to this book this summer because for the last two years, you know, if you didn't know, I wrote a book. And, you know, it was time-consuming and still very time-consuming. But I've been fascinated by the book and just recently gone back to it. And the Days in the Suns are structured in a way where you can come back to this conversation about faith, wherever you might be. Because the truth is, like I often say, like the Beatles say in their song, faith is long and winding. Tell someone next to you, your neighbor in your blanket, long and winding. The Beatles are brilliant. Faith is cartuitous, sinuous, but not linear and not a straight path. Why? Because if I asked you, what do you believe about anything, about your spouse or your friends? Is it final? No. 
what we believe, what we even think about what we believe, are still ongoing conversations. The same way it is with faith. Sometimes there are detours and delays. Sometimes there's moments of grief where, you know what, I don't believe anymore, or I don't think I believe anymore. So Days in the Suns are this non-threatening atmosphere for you to come, to eat, to listen. And if you get nothing out of it, you get free food. Well, not for the members. Now we're, we, we raised it to 100 because the $10, we're not really budging anybody. We're like, oh, $10, that's nothing. So it's like, okay, we're going to 10 times that. But the, really, the Days in the Suns, are, we're, we're really come back to the focus of presenting an invitation to the journey again because the pandemic is over, and now we believe people are ready to come back in many ways. So they're designed for that gospel conversation. Because when you look at this text that we're doing, that's the same for Nicodemus. The text says in John 3, and the famous and often quoted scripture in the world is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only one son, who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. A lot of people preach that proposition without understanding the context. That is what Jesus says in a conversation to Nicodemus. But when you read the passage carefully, it says that Nicodemus, a chief Jewish ruler, a teacher, goes to Jesus at night. Tell someone next to you, night. He goes to Jesus at night, not in the day, because he doesn't want to be seen by other Pharisees or other religious leaders, because he's not supposed to be engaged with Jesus. Jesus in the Tamad, if you look at the most important Jewish book in life, is painted as a sorcerer because he led Israel astray. He was a threat, and that's why they crucified him. The Sadducees and the religious leader plotted. So Jesus brought tremendous tension, but Nicodemus went to Jesus at night, and it said that he was curious. He was pulled by Jesus. But my question to you, and anecdotal and a speculation completely, is how many times did Nicodemus think about visiting Jesus at night? And this was the day he finally had the courage to go talk to him. I don't know, but most likely many times. I recently read a testimony Karin Orberg is a professor of astronomy at Harvard and astrochemistry. She, at 35, who is on the board of Catholic scientists, found the first complex molecule on a new forming star between the dust and gas, where there's amino acids, which is very important because that's where you found protein and that's where you find the origins of life. At 35, she's, she discovered this. But she says in her testimony about faith that she grew up in Sweden. And I was fascinated to listen to her story because I'm a big space geek, if you didn't know. And anyone from NASA or I'm just like, I consider myself an amateur astronomer. 
I always read about the stars. In fact, I'll give you a really nerdy confession. In junior high or even elementary school, I would go to the New York City Library in the Upper West Side and look for books on the black hole. And the librarian was like, go outside and play. But she says that she grew up in the church, in the Lutheran church, and the confirmation is supposed to be a moment of great, you know, foundational moment of being confirmed into the church. But for her, she said that at her confirmation in high school, she said, this doesn't make sense to me. You know, I think I'm not a Christian. And she walked away, totally walked away from the church. So... I, I bring this because the question this text is asking, I think, for many of us, the Spirit of God blowing, the wind blowing, wherever it pleases, but you cannot see it. You don't know when or how, but it's moving. For her, why was faith gratuitous? Why was faith, like the Beatles say, long and winding? Well, because there was a curvature to her relationship of faith, the complexity of faith. It's not always linear, right? It's like, I believe. For her, it was, I believe and I don't believe. There was a, a dip in the valley before the mountaintop, before she was an apologist and someone that mentors Christians at Harvard. And in our relationship to faith, wherever you might be, far, close, somewhere in between, sometimes our faith is long and winding because the first lesson I think we learned from here in relation to Day in the Sun and its relationship to why we're creating this event is sometimes we talk ourselves out of it. It's like, no, nah, I don't believe that. Or I don't think I believe that. And so Nicodemus doesn't go to Jesus that one day until he finally decides to. There's something haunting. That's my book, A Holy Haunting. Oh, get it? And that moment wasn't there for her. At her confirmation, she walked away from faith. And so for some of us, we might have grown up in church, coming back to church. Some people go back in, in and out of church three, four times before they go, you know what? All right, I'm here, I'm here for good. I believe, I don't believe. And that's why the days and the suns are structured out in the open so that we can invite people back to the conversation, thinking again. Because you know what was really powerful about her transformation and testimony at Caltech? Carmen said that for eight years she shelved faith in the backdrop as an agnostic. And then at Caltech, she said that one interesting thing happened to her. She goes, I met so many smart Christians that were devoted to faith, but smart, like smarter than her. And she was like, I thought Christians are not smart. Well, we, if they came to our church, they would know we're not enough. I mean, for her, the transition moment, the moment that brought faith back out of the shell, not completely eliminated, but out of the shelf again, was at Caltech, at college, or in a transitional period in someone's life, there was a haunting that drew her back. And that's when she ordered Mere Christianity and Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton and C.S. Lewis. I don't think many of us here know 
how rare many of you are in healthcare, in tech, in the academy. This is my first time affirming all of you. But you are the light in this city. Your positionality is rare to have humble, smart people representing Christ, sometimes to people completely antithetical to faith, or some people away from faith, or people who've shelved faith. So Days in the Suns are moments where we invite people to think about it again, like Nicodemus was drawn. Sometimes we're drawn back. And if you read the text carefully, Nicodemus was drawn by a conversation by Jesus. So powerful and so important. And the conversation started again. So today, this is my homily for Days in the Sun. How many of you realize how precious you are? Tell someone next to you, you're precious. Tell someone next to you, you're a diamond. <laughs> you're a jewel. Okay, let's not go so far. But, but your positionality and who you are and what you represent to the surrounding environment of your lives, to the bachelor of your lives, is the vehicle in which, the mechanism in which how God uses to draw people back as you represent him, right? D.L. Moody said that out of 100 people, one person reads the Bible and the 99 would read the Christian. So your aptitude, your humility, and your character, and your positionality matters in healthcare, tech, and in the academy so much. I reflected on why the Days in the Suns are so powerful. You know, we baptize generations of Christians here, right on the day in the suns. The last member of our church, the, well, the youngest, will be baptized and dedicated probably at a day in the sun. Diego, with Nancy and Jeff, you know, let's give them a hand. They just came back. Nancy and Jeff, too, were baptized outside. Jeff, I remember, actually, this month, 11 years ago, he was baptized. You're old, bro. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and Nancy, going to school at Barnard, when they first began to date, I remember this really clearly in the Day in the Suns, they say, well, I can't meet you on this two days, Sundays and Thursdays. I have small group and I go to church. And Jeff was like, why? Why can't you skip that? Non-negotiable, buddy. And that what? True Jeff. Because Jeff thought that church is only for old people that are, you know, about to ready to die, you know. <laughs> Young people don't go to church. And the day he was baptized... His parents came and almost had a heart attack because everybody was young. And I consider myself young too at 43. But Jeff came and his parents came and multi-generationally. And Jeff's first event at 180 was a day in the sun. Sometimes in the malaise 
of living in the city life, the busyness. Is, sometimes we forget that God is already drawing by his spirit. The wind is blowing and speaking to people. And you might not even know. Jeff came to Christ, got baptized. Now his son will be dedicated as well. Multi-generational. And that's my hope. That's my dream, actually. Why can't we become like a Christian Woodstock or Coachella outside? Why can't it be a festival? Why can't it be multitudes of people experiencing the wind of the Spirit out here? Because God is in conversation. So, why is faith long and winding like the Beatles sing? Well, first, sometimes we talk ourselves out of it because we're still trying to understand what we believe or what we think we believe, going through all the things in life. Then other times, others bring us back to the conversation with God again. Others bring us back to the faith conversation again like Jesus did for Nicodemus. The Holy Spirit is already at work. The wind is blowing. You can't see it. And that's what the days and the suns are. It's, it's to facilitate, to be a mechanism for the Spirit of God to draw others back to Him, to come and see as Jesus is. Amen? Let's pray together. Will you stand with me? Today, I want you not to forget in the busyness of our lives that somewhere out there, the Spirit of God's wind is blowing. Someone like Karin, someone like Jeff, and so many others have shelf faith. But you're the ones that God will use to bring it back again to the center. Today, could we pray for the Spirit to use us, to move in us and through us, to start those conversations in the next five events, all the way culminating to college, where everyone will wear their college swag, welcoming students, welcoming those in conversation with God again and giving them a space, a holy space for it. So will you lift your hands with me today? And I want to pray together for God to use us. Holy Spirit, we want to pray that you would give us faces and places. You would give us courage and faith, reminding of stories like Jeff and Nancy and Diego. All the kids we baptized and dedicated to the Lord in Easter. And many generations from now that will be dedicated to the Lord. Will you make this place a holy place, a reminder, an altar of how you move, but we can't see? You know every fear. Let's make this our prayer.
Father, we want to come before you this afternoon. We dedicate this very ground. We dedicate our hearts to remember that the Spirit is moving, although we can't see. Give us faith to see your presence move around us and through us to draw many back to you. So they too can be born of the Spirit. Just pray that right now before the Lord. And I pray that that would be sealed today. God's movement this summer would be powerful and we would see him move through us and in us. Will you bow your heads today for the benediction and afterwards enjoy the conversation and the food together. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people pray. Amen. Let's give God a clap offering. Bless you guys. Enjoy today. Amen.